Hello, everyone. This is Christopher, and you're listening to Finding Japan, episode 30, Bikeless. Ladies and gentlemen, the story you're about to see is true. The names have been changed to protect the innocent. Yes, that's right. I am, in not so many words, bikeless. Got that coming up, and I also wanted to talk a little bit about uh, some adventures I've been having lately. Um, Today is Sunday. Sunday, June... No, Sunday, July. July, when is it? I don't even know. July 15th. July 16th. Sunday? Sunday. Yeah, it's Sunday. My computers are all screwed up. I'm just booting up my uh, Windows partition on my MacBook for a uh, the first time since I've arrived in Japan and the time zone and everything is not set up right. So that's the clock I'm looking at now. And I'm booting it up because I want to play Battlefield 2142. This game is a great game. I haven't played it in quite a long time, so figured I'd get back into it. This weekend has been a rainy weekend so far. Uh, We had a typhoon coming through in Japan here. I'm looking outside now. looks like the rain has stopped, but apparently Okinawa got hit pretty hard. So, And by I mean pretty hard, I mean I think it knocked down some poles and things like that, but I don't think there was too, too much damage. Um, Certainly here in Tokyo, we haven't gotten much wind Um, It's a little windier than usual, but nothing to write home about. just seems like a slightly windy day. And, of course, the rain, as it usually does, is fine mist just sort of blowing in every single direction, and and including up, apparently. Uh, The other day I bought a brand new umbrella. I actually splurged. I got a big one. Because I found that... um, in Tokyo, because the rain is so much finer, it kind of blows sideways. And I, I've talked about this before, but apparently uh, it was just so annoying the other day when I was in Asakusa that I stopped and I bought a bigger umbrella. And this umbrella is probably twice the width of my shoulder width. So it could probably hold about two people, but I was still getting wet. Still getting wet, still getting wet. Uh, I am hyper today because I've... I've uh, had way too much coffee, more than I usually have, and in fact, I think I want to get some more, (laughs) but that's probably a bad idea. I need to find some decaf coffee, I think, instead. Kind of doing the podcasting a little different this time around. I'm just sort of walking around my apartment with the recorder. Um, It's been a while since I've done an actual podcast. I think the last podcast I did was a coffee episode which uh, was edited quite a while ago, and I just didn't get around to finishing it up, and I finally just sort of got it out. I was in a mood where I really just didn't have much to say. There was way too much going on, and I really couldn't focus. Um, Even now, things are sort of busy, but hopefully I can give everyone an update, and I do have a couple specific topics that I want to talk about. So, without any further ado, why don't we just jump right into it? 
This Thursday, I had come home from work and found my bike missing, meaning where I had parked it just around the corner from the train station, it wasn't there. For those of you who are newer listeners, you will have not heard uh, my adventures in purchasing that bike and getting stopped many times by the police on that bike. But um, this whole bicycle thing in Japan is turning out to be quite a saga, and it's quite amusing. I walked maybe about two streets away from where I usually park just to sort of see if maybe I parked it in a little different spot. The past few days, I, I had to park it in a different area because the regular spot I park at, I was told by someone in that area that I can no longer park there. So sounds a little suspicious, doesn't it, now that I think about it? But now I have found new park, or I did find new parking, but unfortunately now I don't need any parking because the bike is gone. At first I thought maybe someone just stole the little rope that I have on the back of the bike. There's a small rack that that sort of hovers over the back tire so you can put packages and things like that on it. And I bought one of those elastic things where you sort of rope it down and it has some reflectors on it so it's very easy to see which bike is mine. However, where I parked my bike, there was another bike there. And that bike looked pretty similar to mine, but I I could tell it wasn't exactly the same. But coming home tired at 8 o'clock in the evening, I said, well, maybe this is my bike. Tried to put the key in. It did not work. So what to do? So I went to the police box that usually stops me when I go to and from work or when I'm heading over the river to Kuramai to go buy something. One thing I found out is that most Japanese police officers do not speak English. There were two officers there. One was a younger guy. He was probably in his 20s, mid-20s, I'd have to say. The other one was an older gentleman, maybe in his 50s, and he was in the back room. So it was a clear sort of mentoring situation. And in fact, throughout the process of filling out the stolen bike form, There was a lot of questioning going back and forth. The guy who was helping me was asking the older gentleman quite a few questions. So, But the one thing that really surprised me is that these people were really helpful. Although they didn't speak English, and I told them that I don't speak much Japanese yet, but I'm learning, they said, that's fine, We'll, we'll just go slow and we'll take it step by step. And it took us a little while to communicate some certain points, but we got through it and they were helpful. And they didn't ask me for my gaijin card, which really sort of upped it up in terms of my respect for the Japanese police. I don't really like police, Japanese police especially, but this certainly changed my overall opinion of them since they were so helpful uh, to me. It took about an hour to actually fill out the entire form. And, of course, they ask you, well, what color is the bicycle? It's silver. What sort of style is it? It's a mama chari. Okay, well, a silver mama chari in Tokyo, yeah, it's very unlikely they will actually be able to find that bicycle. There is one piece of uh, identifying information on that bicycle, though, that I I failed to uh, tell them, and I totally forgot about it until after I got home, but there's a a faded sticker of a kitten on the bell, and it's hilarious because if you just sort of glance at the bike, you can't see it, but if you look up close, it's like, dude, do you have a a kitten on your bike? Yes, I do. I have a, I had 
a small kitten sticker on my on my bicycle. So anyway, um, a little bummed about that, but uh, one of the many experiences I can I can chalk up to uh, here living in uh, in Japan here. So um, one thing I did notice too, though, is in this was only made aware to me through the this process with working with the police but usually most people have a, a hanko which is like a signature stamp that you get designed personally for yourself and then you have it registered within the uh the ward office that you live in we're gonna go get some diet coke right now my, my throat's getting a little sore here as i'm talking so most people have these these hankos and uh, of course, me being a foreigner, I, I don't have one, and there's there's really little point to me uh, procuring one since I will only be here for such a short period of time. But I have filled out documents before that have a spot for the hanko, and usually the procedure for uh, t- taking care of that is just to sign your name in that little square box. You guys are probably, if you're listening to this in stereo right now, I recorded another podcast that I threw away before, but I did end up buying an Edderall R9 maybe maybe about two months ago, and I have been using it. So all the stereo recordings you've been hearing since mid-April, I think, have been done on the R9. But I'm holding it in front of my now, mouth now, walking around, and that's probably why uh, you're getting so many different types of sound. My voice is probably going in... Sorry about that. My voice is probably going in and out in all sorts of strange ways. Um, This podcast will be compressed, though, so hopefully the volume won't actually, uh, uh, the volume won't be too bad, but you may hear, like, different different tones or different different tonal things going on. You guys want to hear some Diet Coke? Here you go. How's that for an audio adventure? Oh, speaking of an audio adventure, I do have a, another thing coming up in this podcast, and that is my um, some audio from the Asakusa Tanabata Parade, which I went to last weekend. So that's coming up soon. But anyway, let me finish this story about the bicycle. So usually you just sign in that little box, but in... Obviously, since I don't have a hunko for these really official documents like a police report, they make you use a fingerprint. And I was kind of scared. I was like, I don't know if I want to give these guys my fingerprint. But since they were so nice to me, I I felt uh, much much more comforted in doing that. And they only took one fingerprint, too, so it's not too bad. I think it was my left index finger. So an hour later, after I got the police report all filled out, they said... uh, be careful and uh kind of wondering what um, i was supposed to be careful of be careful of more people stealing my bike huh. so the next question is now do i purchase another bike do i get a nicer bike because i really did want a nicer bike but wasn't quite sure if i wanted to spend the money on it and now now that uh, i had my first bike stolen i'm not really sure i want to spend uh any more than the four thousand yen i spent on this bike so Overall, I'm not upset, but it was certainly an adventure to be had. And uh, one of the strange byproducts of this whole process is the past few days I've been sort of walking around, and since I'm taking my time walking instead of riding a bike, I'm interacting, at least indirectly, with more people as I pass them and glance at them and everything. One thing I noticed is, I think it was just my attitude at the time, but 
it seemed like a lot of people were really like looking at me like, you know, they keep an eye on you as you walk by to make sure you're not like stealing something. Especially in this neighborhood. This neighborhood seems to be a little more traditional. But I got really angry one day and I had to sort of like calm myself down. I got angry because I thought, you know, I'm in this country and I'm following all the rules and doing everything I can to make sure I get all the right paperwork that I go through the right steps, and it is frustrating for someone who doesn't know the system, who doesn't know the language. It is a little frustrating to have to go through this type of process with all the different paperwork and everything. And uh, it it can be tiring, you know. And, you know, I I go through all this, and I I do my part, and I I follow my manners on the train, and I'm not, you know, I'm doing my best to fit into the culture, and my bike gets stolen, and I still get these looks. So I'm just, I was just like, oh, it's so, so frustrating. These people are looking at me like I did something wrong, you know, and, and the whole time, you know, I had something wrong done to me. So I don't know. But I, I quickly got over that and made a bunch of jokes. And actually, I, I hope some mean, tough looking dude actually stole the bike because picturing that guy walking around, I'm sorry, riding around on my old bike is just, absolutely hilarious so puts a smile to my face i hope whoever took my bike really enjoys it and and gets as much out of it as i did and uh, i hope that they uh leave the kitty cat sticker on there too Uh, did you ever have one of those days <laughs> i just recorded about 15 minutes of audio without hitting the record button uh okay well coming up next is uh some audio from the tanabata festival um tanabata festival is pretty well known in japan it's also well known in other circles as the star festival and tanabata itself means uh seven evenings or seven nights and um, it's part of the series of Obon festivals where it's said that the uh, spirits of dead relatives um, come back and that's when we should pay respects to them. Uh, the festival is usually held sometime from early July to early August, depending on the area. Each area celebrates Tanabata in a slightly different way um, at a slightly different time from what I've seen, so... It's not an exact uh, date. But I think the meaning behind Tanabata is um, quite consistent. Um, Tanabata is called the Star Festival because there are two stars on either side of the Milky Way that are said to come together once per year. And those stars represent uh, the, the couple of Orihime and Hikoboshi. Orihime was a princess who was really skilled at weaving clothes, and Hikoboshi was a cowherder. And apparently, these two met each other and got married, and they liked each other so much that they both let their collective skills sort of fall fall into disarray. Orihime no longer wove any clothes, and Hikoboshi uh, let his cows sort of wander all over uh, the Milky Way, I guess it's supposed to be where his cows might have been. But uh, the father of Orihime got upset and forbid the two to meet, even though they were married. 
Orihime was pretty upset about that, so he agreed to let them meet once per year. But unfortunately, the Milky Way separated the two, and uh, the Milky Way is said to represent the river that uh, they were actually separated by. These are fictitious characters, I believe, and I don't think there's any actual truth to it, so uh, take these images lightly. Um, and I believe the first time that Orihime and Hikoboshi were to meet, um, they realized there was no bridge, so they weren't able to meet. But the following years, um, I guess it's uh, some kind of bird would let Orihime uh, go over the bridge because they would, or they would form a bridge with their wings, and Orihime would be able to see uh, Hikoboshi. But unfortunately, if uh, on Tanabata it rains, <coughs> it is said that Orihime is not able to see Hikoboshi and must wait until the following year. Ah, so sad. But that's the, the, the story behind Tanabata. And what you're listening to now is audio that I recorded as I was walking through Asakusa. I had gone to Asakusa just to try and find uh, uh, some things I was looking for to buy. And out of the corner of my eye, I caught some uh, sight of some streamers that were in a street that was quite far away, so I decided to go check it out. And what I was introduced to was about two kilometers worth of closed-down street where all of the shopkeepers were out on the sidewalk selling their wares or their uh, particular items that they were trying to sell. Um, some of the storekeepers were pottery places or toy stores or um, restaurants. So everybody was out on the sidewalk selling things to people. And people were walking by with beers and food and just having a great time with their families. At the end of this street was the beginning of a parade. And I had gotten there just as the parade was about to start, so I snapped quite a few pictures. And in a later episode, you will actually uh, be given a slideshow that has um, some pictures and some sounds from the, uh, not some sounds, some music behind it uh, from the festival there. So definitely look for that in some later episodes, which I'll talk about in a little bit. But anyway, um, back to the to the festival itself. It was just incredible that I had run into this without even intending to. And another thing that I found pretty interesting was all of the trees along this particular boulevard had little pieces of paper with writing on them. And I later found out that those writings are traditionally done by children. Back in the day, they would write for better weaving skills if they were a girl or better handwriting if they were a boy. But I think nowadays people wish for good health, lots of friends, things like that. Um, so it's primarily children who are writing these little wishes and they tie them to the tree. And that's another thing that you can see in the slideshow for the Tanabata Festival, which should be out in a few weeks. So there you go. This, uh, so what I'll do is let you guys listen to the audio and take in some of the... Uh, the environment there and hopefully you guys enjoy it and then we'll be back in a few minutes so sit back relax and enjoy the sounds of Tanabata in Asakusa
there you go. Tanabata, I hope you enjoyed that a uh, little long, but uh, kind of interesting sound-seeing tour of the Tanabata Festival in Asakusa. Um, I want to close out talking a little bit just uh, about... Uh, I'll just give you guys a little clue as to what's going on in my life lately. The fiancé is coming out to Japan very, very soon, and I'm very excited. Um, I haven't seen this woman in four months. So uh, it's going to be something extra special to be able to see her again. Uh, we have quite a trip planned in Japan here. We will be visiting Hiroshima, Miyajima, Okayama, Kobe, Osaka, Kyoto, uh, Koga, Nagoya, Ise, Toba, and Hakone, Kamakura, Mount Fuji, and possibly Nikko if we can get up there. So... Uh, needless to say, come middle of August, I will have so much material to share with you guys and so many experiences. So I hope on cataloging as much as I possibly can over the next few weeks and uh, saving that stuff up for some episodes. So definitely stay tuned for that. Also, um, I haven't had much of an online presence lately. I know I missed quite a few of the Calling Tokyo Callings, which I, I really enjoy. I think I made it about two weeks ago, but I, I missed the last one, which I heard was pretty good. And uh, also the the Twitter. I just haven't been on because I've, I truthfully have been incredibly busy. Um, you know, when you start leaving your house at 7 in the, af- or seven in the morning and you don't get home till about 10 at night, uh, it sometimes takes the, uh, the drive out of you to uh, do anything extracurricular, if you know what I mean. So I, I apologize for that, but I do have quite a few episodes lined up uh, for the next few weeks. In fact, two of them are already completed, and uh, I think two more should be completed uh, before the next weekend rolls around. So uh, you should be getting additional episodes um, even while I begin my vacation. And then after mid-August, prepare for... Uh, another full-on assault of multiple episodes because I, I do anticipate on having quite a bit of material uh, to share. I wanted to thank everybody again for all the comments and all the downloads. I'm so excited to see that people are actually enjoying these episodes and getting something out of them. Um, there was a commenter who had commented recently on the Office episode who said, I love the show, but I had to comment, and I'm sorry my first comment is negative, but what's up with this episode? Sounds terrible. And I just wanted to say that I had to agree. Uh, One of the things that I wanted to do with that particular episode was to get it out before many of my comments became irrelevant um, or my opinions had changed, and I wanted to make sure I I sort of cataloged the... um, the experiences as I was having them, and I wanted to get that out sooner than later. So I apologize for that. Um, I think, though, that some of the latter episodes that have come out have certainly redeemed uh, the quality of the podcast there. So, But I, I am glad that that person enjoyed the episode and did recommend it to that person's uh, friends. So again, in, uh, thank you very much for your comments. Also, all the regular listeners, San Kelton, Scott Lockman, uh, and I'm sure there are plenty others that I'm forgetting, Ma Fu Chan. 
I I just don't know where to start. You guys are all great, and uh, I am constantly listening to everybody else's podcast, though I'm sort of on the DL right now, kind of heads down in some work in school. This is the last week of school coming up, so after that will be my little vacation with the fiance here for about four weeks and two weeks of that the tail end will be the actual vacation where i will be totally incommunicado but again uh you guys will have episodes for that time period probably about one a week also with all of the uh attention to the podcast i wanted to say again thanks for the downloads we uh, have reached the 400 download per episode mark. Usually it occurs after about a month as people catch up with some of the episodes, but I think what's doing it is the coffee episodes. There's been quite a bit of interest in the coffee episodes, so we will continue that. I've been doing some cataloging of some of the coffees that I've been having, vending machine coffee, convenience store coffee, etc. I have plenty of pictures and stories to share, and in addition, I have uh, convinced Fred to do another intercontinental conference call to speak about the wonders of Japanese coffee and compare it to other areas. So stay tuned for that. That'll probably come up sometime in September, but we're making too many plans out way too far in the future. So at that, I will just let everybody go. Thanks for listening. I hope you found this enjoyable, and I will catch up with you all very soon. Bye now.